Welcome to Seishura, uh, the Music Explorers podcast. I'm Jim Jam. I'm Scoot Magoo. And uh, today we're opening, strangely enough, with the closing it's of the year. A, it's a big one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is our big episode, and uh, this is Album of the Years. Album of the Years. Yeah, I, th- I think we thought, well, what, what better way Albums to, of the Year. Albums. Al- but, I like AOTY. Yeah, our AOTY 2019 list. So yeah, we thought it'd be fun, you know. It's just kind of a, a great way to start off because it, it, in a way, encapsulates kind of the music we like and listen yeah, to. Yeah, so. and a bunch of stuff that we reviewed. Yeah, this exactly. Year too. We we reviewed a lot more than I expected, which is cool. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. So uh, I, I, we should probably preface that uh, <laughs> this is technically a new podcast. Yeah. Um. So this is formerly Torture Garden, and if you want to see all our reviews, I think they're still on Podbean right now, on yeah. uh, Torture Garden Podcast on Podbean.com. But uh, now we're doing this new name, new thing. So um, yeah, hello <laughs> if this is your <laughs> first time. Um, yeah, so all those reviews were all Torture Garden stuff. Yeah. Um, that being said, let's just. Dive right into this. We're going to do right. uh, a few honorable mentions yeah, uh, before and, we get into the big list. And neither of us have seen each other's list. Yes. So we're starting off just looking at our own. Yeah. Um, That's that a good point. Yeah. All right. And we did. Um, so personally, I posted you know this on Facebook. I did a, a top thirty six because yeah. it was really it was really hard to do twenty five. I got to a point where I just couldn't do it. Because I thought that'd be a good, you know, but so we did a top 15 for Sashura and I have 21 honorable mentions that yeah. for different reasons didn't Okay, make I, the I only did 15 honorable mentions because, you know, I have some inherent morality. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, mean, I totally plays into I, I, it. <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to like, you know, rattle off a dissertation for each of these. I'm just going to, yeah. um, so I guess I'll, I'll start. So my honorable mentions, uh, Cecile McLaurin uh, Savant. Uh, the window, some really nice vocal jazz with an experimental edge. Okay. Uh, Coasts, a self-titled album from Coast, uh, kind of new jazz, but with like a fusion. It's, a little, very it's really smooth for me. Yeah, when very I smooth, that, but... very groovy. Uh, I liked it. Uh, Dead Can Dance, uh, Dionysus, really, really nice. One of the most aggressive albums that I've. That, I've yeah. That's an aggressive album. I don't know. It was just it was a little. Or, or Jesus one of, Christ! One man. of their more aggressive. Like I thought, like vocally. Ah. Uh... In a way, yeah. I, I, can I see mean, Grant, I've not listened to nearly as much as you yeah, have. Yeah. Um, uh, Emma Ruth Rundle on Dark Horses, kind of nice folk ethereal wave. Did, a lot of elements from. You, you still haven't um, seen Two Minutes to Late Night, right? No, because they they did a inter- uh, Emma Ruth Rundle interview. Yeah, but they had like a, a robot interviewer. Really, it was the funniest fucking thing. I gotta check so, that. Yeah, out. Uh, Ghastly Death Valor. Uh, not the Pokemon. They are ah, kind of, damn it. They, the, one of the cool things about Ghastly is I feel like they actually sound like what everyone thinks Tribulation sounds like. <laughs> like like the way that the the, the music establishment describes Tribulation. Tribulation. That's what they. So, so I assume Tribulation is not on any anywhere on this list. It is not. <laughs> and we don't we don't need to rant on them today. Okay. Uh, Ice Age Beyondless. They continue kind of experimenting with their art punk style. Uh, Infernal Coil within a world of forgotten, really raw, gritty death grind. Uh, Jeff Snyder, Sunspots, some really kind of exploratory, free improv, minimal nice. synth, very interesting. Um, Lake Street Dive, Free Yourself Up, just some nice blue-eyed soul. It's something that uh, I've seen them a couple of times live. My girlfriend and I really love them. Really catchy, nice, nice soul music. Uh, Lear Batucci, Metal Aether, uh, some great post-minimalism. Um, a lot of extended techniques with uh, clarinet. I think maybe alto sax, but primarily clarinet. Was this the one that was uh, Vivaldi? No. Uh, okay, no. I'm, I'm thinking of a different album though. Yeah. Um, Locker C, One I Sees Red, some really cool, spacey, psychedelic jazz rock. Uh, Mama Leak, Out of Time, like uh, avant garde, yeah. black, black gaze, very, yeah. very weird, interesting. That, that was a weird album. Um, Marissa Nather, For My Crimes, uh, just her typical dark contemporary folk but you know it's just a lot of different instrumentation this time very very yeah. well composed mary Lattimore, hundreds of days just gorgeous uh heart music just really phenomenal um new age kind of really ethereal um 
you know, music that with uh, you know, that forward thing, you know, harp on there. Uh, Monobody, ray tracing, just really, really tight math rock, jazz fusion, a great, interesting uh, oh, combination mono there. Monobody, okay. Mono body. I, I, I was thinking Mono Lore, and I'm like, that's not a no. metal band. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no. Um, of Feather and Bone. Oh, yeah. Bestial Hymns of Perversion, some great, great death grind, uh, very uh, aggressive, some nice songwriting. Uh, Ott, Room Inside the World, uh, Art Punk, just a really, really cool. Um, like RT post punk album, yeah. Um, the field, infinite moment, minimal techno. I love the way that they kind of build upon a simple idea. Toby Driver, they are the shield. Really, like I didn't expect that one to show up anywhere on your list. I really liked it. I love. Um, it. Yeah. Well, why is that? No, I I I don't know why. I just didn't expect it for some reason. Uh, I, I just remember just making fun of the album cover. So yeah, it's it's not <laughs> a great album cover, but I like the kind of the orchestral elements he brings into his uh, art rock style. I to, think to, it's to be fair, I actually I actually like the album cover, but I just still can't help but think of Reservoir Dogs whenever I look at oh, it. Oh, so. that's true. Yeah, um, yeah, and I think it was probably one of his better vocal performances in a while. Um, so two mold, manner of infinite form, some nice forward thinking death metal. They have like that gritty, you know, old school death metal roots. But I surprising love surprising that that's not on your main list because I was expecting that to show up there. Really tight, yeah. <laughs> Picking fifteen albums uh, is difficult. And finally, uh, twerp together through time. Basically, just quirkier, goofier Daft Punk, but just super catchy, great new disco. Oh, that sounds good. So those are just my honorable mentions. Yeah. Again, it was really, really fucking difficult. But, <laughs> All um, right, so my honorable mentions, uh, Nima Agiani. It's the, this album's called Rems. Um, it's like this weird noise, harsh noise album, sort of power electronic-y. Uh, I guess there's some violin in it. I, I didn't hear it. <laughs> there, it didn't but, really show up. Yeah, like I kept looking through reviews and they're like, oh, there's violin on this. I'm like, okay. I, uh, yeah, like sure, I, I'll, I'll believe you, man. <laughs> um, Burning Ghosts, Cacistocracy. Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. this, was, this is a great album from Burning Ghosts this year. Um, I really wish they would do like a physical release for it, but uh, I talked to Dan and they said they weren't. But check it out. It's a really good, uh, like, I don't know what would like avant-garde jazz I guess it's kind of jazz rock yeah right? it's, it's yeah. like it's like jazz yeah. rock uh-huh. I don't know I really like um, where it goes. yeah Death Grips You're the Snitch uh probably Death Grips most difficult one of their most difficult records yeah but um you know listen to it again I thought it was really interesting and uh, I already bought it like months ago yeah um I thought it was really good Dengue 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 Semiero uh which is god I don't even know like like tribal it, it, it sort of sounds it's, it sounds just like tribal drumming kind of it, it has a, i guess there's a specific movement they're working within like in the south american or central american electronic scene yeah but it's obviously kind of a small it's not very electronic though that's yeah. that's the weird thing it's, it's weird it, it, but... i mean it, it feels like a trip-hop album if, yeah if like it had like you know tribal drums yeah basically uh really short but really good richard divine sort lave um really really good idm sort of sound art album really long but like super rewarding um anna von Housewolf, dead magic i only just listened to this like last week and like because i I tried to listen to it earlier this year and it just did not click for me Mm -hmm. and uh i gave it another try and i'm like this is too good to leave off like it's a great album yeah yeah um oh it's like what would you say it's 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 a lot like swan's yeah, um, yeah. sort of like swans and dead can dance put together yeah, almost that's, that's a good way to put it yeah. um uh hexa slash mersbow achromatic uh you know not my absolute favorite noise album of the year uh but you know it's still really good uh it's a rewarding listen mm-hmm. uh igloo ghost clear teme slash steel mogu i sort of mm-hmm. just counted the two because yeah. they're both like i don't know, like 10 to 15 minutes yeah kind of like we talked about in a review i, I can't say there was a huge you know, difference between the two. There's a slight so. discrepancy. Yeah. I, I think Clear to May is a little better, but um, you know, if you like Igloo Ghost's last album, really good. Yeah. Brett Knock, The Mansion. It's I don't even know how to describe it. It's sort of like, sort of like EAI, sort of sound arty. Um, it was a really interesting listen. Um, you know, it's it, it's a little difficult at first, but it's really cool. Um, Psychroptic, as the kingdom drowns. Uh, I did not ex- even expect to like this album. No, yeah, not, not to say that I'm not a Psychroptic fan. Um, I've just never really, you know, listened to any of their stuff. Yeah. So uh, this was really good. Like I just I love the little instrumental twists that they would do, like yeah. the choral, the choral vocals and things like that. 
That was really cool. Puce Mary, The Drought. Yeah. Uh, fucking great, like, Power Electronics, yeah. Death Industrial album. Street Sex, The Kicking Mule. Mm-hmm. Um, really the first Street Sex album I've ever listened to. Um, and I, I liked it. You know, it was fun. Um, I don't know if it's to the level that, you know, um, their, their first album was. Because uh, I only listened to a little bit of that, but it was it was still good. Uh, it's Chushu Larson or XXL Puffo Gigio, which is just I don't know bizarre experimental rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Jamie Stewart's been a busy boy this year. He's been very busy. Yeah. Uh, Viva La Void, a self-titled, um, really good electronic music. It's yeah, it's sort of like it reminds me a lot of Hybrid if you've ever listened to them, uh, but sort of less cinematic. And more like dark and sort of uh, almost gothy in a way. Yeah, that one just just missed my list, unfortunately. Yeah. And uh, John Zorn's uh, In a Convex Mirror, which grew on me a lot. Uh, it's just basically like improvised jazz, but it's they, they've got uh, Chess Smith uh, doing like this Haitian drumming type of thing, and IQ Amori shows up on like one track. It's really it's a fun listen. So. <sighs> okay. There you go. That was <laughs> yeah. just honorable mentions. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're going to do your list first, but I want to know um, what were sort of your, like, what were you looking for, for like sort of deciding this list? Was it, you know, enjoyment? Was it thinking this is the best or was it, you know? Uh, it was, well, for first of all, to, to whittle it down, I had to go from, I kept, it was over 200 albums that I listened to this year and it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily, um, all albums that I loved it was I mean if I didn't like an album I didn't put it on my Google Doc but you know if I just enjoyed it a little bit I put it on yeah um so that was pretty easy to whittle off albums that I listened to some albums I forgot even listening to which is kind of easy yeah to get those off but once I, I think I got it down to 80 on the first round I was like oh shit I'm gonna <laughs> but really what what it came down to was a combination of you know, how much I enjoyed it, obviously, um, how much it, I don't want to say like mattered in the grand scheme of things, but also just kind of how, uh, that's one of the reasons that, uh, I'm a huge fan of the field. Uh, but they only made my honorable mentions because as much as I love that album, they kind of have done the same, mostly the same thing. Yeah. So I felt we were putting them in my top 15 cause they kind of just, honed in on that you know minimal repetitive techno which i really like and they do build on it a little bit but it's not you know it's not um super innovative in the sense of what they've already done before and finally i mainly what helped me knock some albums either out of my top albums of the year or down to my honorable mentions is just how much did i listen to them yeah that was one of the, you know for example monobody like i really love that album but i just didn't i didn't listen to it as much as the albums in my top 15 so i knocked that down mm. Um, and also some albums that were, I really enjoyed parts of them or like, you know, for example, that, that twerp album, there are some great, great catchy songs in there, but also there are a few songs that are a little goofy and a little like, they don't harm the overall, my overall enjoyment of the album, but they're just not, it's not as consistent. So a bunch of factors went in. I would say that, um, what I tried to do is go into like whittling down that top 200 by saying, you know, these are the albums that immediately, like, what albums immediately came to when mm. I think of 2018, what albums come to mind right away. And that really, my top 15, when I was, you know, mapping out my head, looks pretty similar to what, you know, on paper, what I was thinking. Okay. Um, yeah. So I tried to do a bunch. I try. I didn't try to use like strict criteria. At the end of the day, it really boiled down to this is what I, this is what I felt. Yeah. This is what I, f- I feel like when I look at the album, like, do I think this album deserves? I didn't order them. I don't know if you ordered them. I just did mine in alphabetical order. I did too because yeah. <laughs> we're, we're it's, sticklers. It's hard enough. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so, first album, Daughters, You Won't Get What You Want. Uh, I guess like industrial noise rock, no yeah, wave. Sort of like no wavy, but I, yeah. I I really don't like the labels that people have been putting on this album, yeah. though, uh, because I don't think it does it justice. I think it's, it's I mean, it's, it's noise rock. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it took me a few listens to get into it, but yeah. one, once I did, I just this feels like something that is is gonna remain an impactful album for years to come. That's just mm. me. I feel like this is something people are gonna look back. I'm surprised at the kind of cross 
publication reaction to this and how yeah. much it's been and it's just it's a great it, it feels like a majority of like music nerds on the internet have a heart on for this album yeah and sure. I, I i really i really love it yeah um, I, I, I like the how they have some kind of you know artsy experimental elements that they they throw in but there's still that driving you know kind of you know gritty noise rock to it um it just really i kept coming back to it and i'm glad i glad i let it click because at first i wasn't i don't know if i just wasn't in the right mindset but um yeah the next eli kessler stadium i i expected this um just electroacoustic uh it basically sounds like um walking down like a dark urban street at night and like feeling really unsafe it's just this kind of weird almost jazz leaning he's a a drummer so it, it, it there's a lot of percussion that that um you know leads a lot of these songs just very very interesting kind of moody you know um quasi jazz i yeah, don't know i i i really didn't when i listened to it i didn't really hear anything that would count as eai but to be fair i only listened to it once so that's what it's labeled as and he, i think most of this is improvised and he does kind of treat some of the elements that he he puts into it yeah um so i guess technically it is i didn't know what's because it it's not really like a jazz album I yeah guess, it's so. it's very out there yeah like i've listened to i've enjoyed you know a number of albums he's done and, and it, it's always mm-hmm. difficult to kind of say just you know definitively what he does um this album i'm really surprised more metal logs have not been into uh, entropia vacuum it's it's you know, the psychedelic industrial like experimental black metal it's just it's some fantastic drumming great epic songs um just just really really experimental in very sometimes experimental black metal is just kind of crazy and off the walls and you know, mm-hmm. just be using chaos as dissonance to seem avant-garde which i mean that's I, I like that type of black metal but i like how they incorporate a lot of odd elements and still make something that feels very technically proficient uh some great riffs great drumming um and the cover's fantastic um which is always a plus uh gorilla toss twisted crystal i've i've loved these guys for a little while now they're just very zany dance punk they have like a like just so much energy and, yeah. and just uh, you know crazy um i don't know if you do you, because I, I have this feeling that like music publications this year didn't really care about this album I'm so, yeah, I don't know why, because yeah. I think their last album at least got some level I, of attention. See, I think it's partially because of the album cover. Like, well, because, like, the last album cover was, like, in your fucking face. Yeah. And this one's, like, okay. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little, I was actually wondering if, because of that, their music was going to take it, because it was a little bit more of a subdued cover, yeah. but the album is just as crazy just as off the walls. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Imperial Triumphant, Vile Luxury, it's, like, avant-garde. I, I think it's more black and death metal. A lot of people have been saying it's like black metal. Yeah. I just I feel like it's a it's too heavy and a lot of you know a lot of the riffs, a lot of the the style. I just I feel like the weight of the compositions feels more like a death metal album. But I mean you know splitting hairs. So I, 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 I mean I'm in agreement with you. Yeah. Um, um, but I love what they were able to do with the genre, the the multitude of different elements. Uh, I actually re-listened to their older material relatively recently. And there actually are a lot of elements of Vile Luxury that pop up, but not to this degree. And I really like how they were able to grow so significantly from their last album. Just a, just a really, really big fan. Mm. Um, Kamasi Washington, Heaven and Earth, and I also included The Choice. Yeah. It's a you know another AP. Just, I mean, another phenomenal spiritual jazz album. Um, yeah, long, long as hell. But. It's very long. Um, Jim and I have sparred about that in the yeah, past. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I I I love um, the dichotomy of heaven and earth. Um, you know, I love the 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 covers and the different bonus tracks he put on the choice. Just a really really great jazz listen. And, um, and you're gonna mention how salty you are that Pitchfork didn't make it lower. <laughs> they didn't. Oh. <laughs> I don't, we don't need to get into that. I'm just, okay. Yeah. I don't like Pitchfork's list at all. And look at it yourself and tell me I'm wrong. That it's oh, no, no, it's, 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 um, it's not it's, to sound too pretentious, but it's kind of normy. It, so. it's, it's, <laughs> I, I, if, if, 
if someone told me that was Rolling Stones list, I honestly would not have been surprised. And like that's uh, sad. I don't know. There's no Bob Dylan on that's it. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> like Bob Dylan could just not come out with anything this year, yeah. and, and it would still be <laughs> like at number Stones twelve. List. They just put blood in the tracks. Like yeah, that a reissue. No, we're just randomly. There yeah, you go. we listened to that this year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> next is uh, Lack the Low, uh, One Eye Closed, a really nice art artsy chamber pop album that. Um, is on a great label, Artist Catharsis. Um, oh yeah, just just a fantastic. I love the vocals, love the compositions. It just feels very emotive. There's just a lot of of, of passion in it. Sometimes art pop can get a little, um, you know, quirky. That's kind of I, I like this kind of art pop mm. where they bring a lot of she brings a lot of different elements into it and and makes it more of like the pop angle, but takes kind of amplifies those things. A lot of really you know, great catchy uh, song structures that evolve over time rather than just the simple verse, chorus, verse. I really like what she does there. Yeah, shout out to Artist Catharsis. They, they're, they're such they're an phenomenal. underrated label. They, they really deserve more attention. They're phenomenal. Especially since it's just like one guy doing it. Yeah, much. no, so, La- Lackland's, La- Lackland's, Lackland's, Lackland's great. Really, really nice guy. Lackland's a boy, man. He's awesome. So. <laughs> um, uh, Leon Vinahal, Nothing Is Still. Uh, this is was a big surprise, and at first I wasn't sure if it was good, but... It grew on me a lot because this does not sound like his previous material. His previous material was very much on the dance side of house, very catchy, very like bright, and this is much much moodier. It's kind of the the under. I mean, it's the underbelly of, of house, whereas house music you know doesn't have to be like bright and dancey. Yeah. Sometimes it can, you can use like the mood and express. But I really really ended up liking what he did on this. I liked how he took those kind of. It was like dance music in slow motion in a way, mm-hmm. um, and it was just really, really well done. I'm glad it, it proved how versatile he is. I mean, he's still a phenomenal songwriter. I, I do hope someday he makes another you know EP or album of dance music because he is is phenomenal doing that. Mm-hmm. Next, this this is just an album that from <laughs> I, I, the Alea, the Fool, just we such an interesting. It's kind of hard to dis, it's a harpist and a violinist. And they just do really odd, bizarre classical compositions. I guess they just—they huh. just are. I, I don't even know how to. I really need to listen to this now. It's just you know, from the cover really cool. to like the way they present themselves on social media to everything. It's just—it's interesting because there's a lot of you know modern classical elements, but their personality and what they bring to it and the oddities. It's just such a unsettling but intriguing listen. I'm just very very. Very glad that uh, this is on a great label, NNA Tapes, mm-hmm. uh, NNA Tapes, and, and it's. Uh, I really wish this is a, a cassette only release, which is unfortunate because I really want to buy this on CD yeah. or vinyl. But you know, say la vie. Matt Calvert, typewritten. He is one of the members of Three T- Trap Tigers, yeah. which is a, a math rock band. I haven't listened to a ton, but for some reason, this caught my eye and I listened to it. It basically sounds like acoustic math rock yeah with like a chamber oh, it, it does it's, yeah. it's really good it's a really great album because when I was, I was trying to label them i did chamber folk because technically it's more of that but really it sounds like if you were listening to a math rock album and well, you replaced all the instruments with you know like traditional folk instrumentation so they did that uh there's an album there's a band called uh, this town needs guns yes and they did an acoustic version yep. of their um animals i'm pretty sure yep I, yeah um, i think that was relatively recent yeah um but yeah, this is really, really nice, catchy. Because it ha- it's really catchy. It's uh, you have those great folk elements, but the bounce and the kind of the you know the, uh, frankly, the poppiness of math rock, just like the way that those chord progressions just stick oh, in yeah. your head. Really, really interesting album. Uh, next, uh, we actually reviewed this album relatively recently. Yes, uh, we did. Peter Brotsman and Heather Lay, Sparrow Nights, just great free improv. Uh, Jimmy and I kind of went different ways about yeah. the, the direction that we thought they went. I really enjoyed. How they uh, Heather Lay was more of a, a factor in in kind of the um, the, the their the collaboration yeah um, yeah just great great free improv you know pedal steel who knew pedal steel and sax would go together so yeah. well but I, I I've enjoyed everything they've <laughs> that's done that's what's so cool about free improvisation it's just like you can just take any fucking instrument and yep. it just you can somehow make it work yeah absolutely but it all depends on chemistry so. all depends on the chemistry and they they have great chemistry yeah. Um, next, Sophie, Oil of Every Pearl's Uninsides, which is still an incredible and also just 
like bizarre title. Uh, yeah. Everything about this album, I had no idea there was. I mean, the I saw so many people talking about it. I was like, that's a weird title. I've heard of Sophie before, but don't really know much about her. Um, and from the first track, it just was like, yeah, wow. Um, and then okay. from it's there, right. I think okay. what's, it's amazing to, I was sold on the first two tracks alone, you know, it's okay yep. to cry. And then Pony Boy, Pony Boy, <laughs> Pony Boy is so fucking good. The dichotomy of those two tracks and especially that they lead off the album was just, oh was just, oh, phenomenal. Yeah. Um, Subtle Degrees, A, a Dance That Empties, uh, Avant-Garde Jazz, it's, um, Travis LaPlante, it's, he's a phenomenal uh, saxophonist. He uh, has done work by himself. He's in a great group called Battle Trance. Um, and Gerald Cleaver, who is a, um, a jazz drummer, their their chemistry on this album is phenomenal. It uses a lot of extended techniques, a lot of great interplay between the two. Um, I like how the percussion that Cleaver brings to the table is not just you know it's not just you know sax and drums. He brings a lot of um, different you know percussive uh, elements to the mix, and it's just a phenomenal uh, jazz, almost leaning more you know some. You could argue it might be like modern classical, might be a little bit folky, uh, you know, you know, experimental folk, but it's it's just a great album through mm. and through. Wait, experimental folk with like a saxophone? It it, it kind of had a, I guess an earthy, not like folk, but an earthy like, folk, like freak folk, like a folksy yeah. vibe in a, in the okay. sense that it just it didn't. It's basically. I don't know. It's like, like it, it didn't feel like jazz. It didn't really feel like jazz, but I guess that was the closest it came to. It just it was two great players coming together. I think okay. they did a great job. Um, yeah. Sumac, Love and Shadow. Uh, I think that they finally found. I really liked their first two albums, but they did kind of feel like Isis Junior in a way. I mean, yeah. they they it was much. It was heavier. It was darker in places and whatnot. But it just it didn't feel. Um, you could really tell it was a. ISIS side like it was not a surprise that like oh yeah these guys you know you know have a connection yeah, to ISIS question because like um people like are going about like talking about how this experimental this is can, can you explain that to me because I, I tried to listen to this thing and I, I didn't hear any experimentation for for, the, for for post metal I think that there was a lot of um, you know freewheeling elements especially the length of the tracks and how noisy they got um, I would say in terms of experimental metal this isn't that experimental but mm. for Post metal. Post metal is very much. Um, I don't want to say formulaic, but it's what. what it's, it's so ironic though, what, because like it started off as very avant garde. Yeah, um, but it's just it kind of it fits in. This is kind of the issue some people have. I, I still think post rock is is um, there's some great post rock albums, great post metal albums that come out, but they've kind of in some some ways the genres hit somewhat of a groove. Yeah, uh, and I feel like. They took it in a different direction. I, the the I think the song length and the um, you know elements of of I guess just free improv that they bring into, to me I, I think it's just a phenomenal album. I feel like it really felt like a Sumac album rather than Aaron Turner from ISIS makes an album under the name Sumac. It really felt like mm-hmm. they kind of are finding their stride. Um, definitely one of my favorite metal albums of the year. And finally, a, a late edition which I. Blacken um, actually reached out to me, and it was something that was on my radar. But he said you should really check this out. I think you really like it. Um, it's on Artist Catharsis, and this is a phenomenal jazz album. It's the uh, Zayla Margosian Quintet uh, transition. Is it is Lachlan who got a hold? Yeah, of it? well, yeah, it's on off Artist Catharsis, and he suggest he said I think you might really like this. That that's I didn't even know he knew you guys. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah I've, I've worked with them, with them before. Oh, that's really um, cool. Right. And and uh, I I knew because he doesn't like take every Artist Catharsis album and be like hey. Yeah, you know, he sends us the you know, the promo, but he doesn't. You know, he sent a personal note saying, "I think you really like this," and it's really interesting because to me, and I, I could be wrong historically or whatever, but from what to me, what it sounds like, Armenian jazz, it sounds like a mix of you know, kind of klezmer music and Arabic jazz. Okay, like that's just kind of, and it was very rhythmic, very beautiful. Her piano skill is amazing. I love how locked in. Everyone felt, all the players felt. Uh, it just, I, I couldn't stop listening to it. And this was, I think, only a couple weeks ago. I, but it, so you would go, like, you would call her meme just because of sort of, you know, so the, the the choice of notes, sort of the sonic palette there. Yeah, the the, uh, the, the but, way that just, it, it, it definitely felt like the themes felt Arabic and some of the progressions and yeah. some of the kind of the, 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 the tones that they used. But especially a lot, it, it had a lot of the, um, the rhythms and the, 
kind of grooves and progressions that you know, kind of like a Masada or other classical music artists yeah. had. But it, it kind of also made sense just spatially where Armenia is, kind of mm. why that would be the case. It, so it's, it's just a traditional quintet lineup, though? Uh, yeah, I think they have two... I, I I meant like there's nobody playing like a shofar or anything like that. No, yeah. it, it's but it's more that they take those themes and run okay. them in a, in a. That's interesting. Yeah, because like, when I saw that Armenian jazz, I'm like, what the hell does that mean? Like, yeah, and it was uh, hard for me to put because it really that, it, that's what it felt like. It, yeah, you know, it. I don't usually put like you know, I don't call, you know, Brotsman German jazz or whatever. But just yeah. to me, like that that it's that was the sound. It really felt like two specific genres of music that, or genres of jazz that came huh. together. Yes, yeah. really, the first thing that comes to my mind with Armenian jazz is just Serge Tankian yeah. doing something. <laughs> but uh, plus, she has a phenomenal name, Zayla Margosian. Uh, yeah, that she, is a she, great name. I'm really looking forward to what she um, does with this. this oh, quintet. Did, didn't you, you? You you did a uh, soundtracks for the blind on this, right? I or, did a jazz club. Oh, for did it. jazz yeah, club. I was, for, just, yeah. I was really. Yeah, I, um, I remember seeing this. Somewhere. I'm gonna try to do. Um, the jazz club, you know, once a week or once every other week, because I just feel like um, I, every time I listen to jazz, I forget how much I like adore it. Yeah, and but you know, sometimes I just get out of it because you know I'm, I'm really in a metal mood or whatever. Yeah, I, I um, mean, but you, I mean, you work for a metal yeah. blog, so and, and it, I go through phases, but I always I think that jazz is a very much like a it, it just it touches on a lot of things I like about music, so mm. I kind of want to. You know, yeah. split, put a heavier focus on that. Uh, something I will actually, I'll let you. We'll talk about. Well, our, no, uh, yeah, okay. Well, we'll, we'll talk about. We'll after. just talk more about the year after. Yeah, yeah. But yeah those are my top fifteen. Right. I, I'm actually happy how it came out. It's very uh, all over the place. Yeah, no, no. It's, um, I, I like that. That's a cool list. Yeah, and now I am right. seeing yeah. Jimmy's list for the first time. So, um, you know, going into this, I, I, my ideas for albums of the year are, I think, a little bit different than a lot of other people's, just because I, I don't. Like, I'm not going to listen to, like, every album that comes out, and I'm not going to listen to it, like, a million times. Yeah. Um, so, what I sort of went for here was um, enjoyment, but also room for growth. Like, albums that I think have the potential to really grow on yeah. them, sort of, that are very rewarding the more you listen and to them. you're going to listen to after this year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I want something that, you know, like, I, I feel like everything here could belong on my shelves. That's sort of my idea going into it. Uh, just because I I feel like these lists are like they I think people take themselves a little too seriously. Like like they, they take these lists really seriously when it's just like music is supposed to be fun. Like it's yeah. it, you know uh, it's supposed to be enjoyable. So that was sort of my thing. I'm like, what did I enjoy out of here as well? You know. So um, I I did Daughters. You won't get you want as well. Yeah. Um, I, it really bugs me how much of the internet just is like blindly in love with this album because it's it's not a perfect album it really isn't but it's it's there's something in it that keeps me coming back and still has me really interested in what's going on it's, it's almost like there's like it's almost like this album is like a puzzle box and i'm still trying to figure out the little pieces of it yeah and uh i i enjoy the hell out of that type of stuff so um yeah i was really psyched by that, uh, Dead Can Dance, Dionysus. I, yeah, I, I, really, I fucking loved this thing. This was such, like, I, I, I didn't expect for Dionysus to sound like it did. Yeah. Um, and while I do have my issues with it, you know, a little bit, like, I, I wish there was some more Lisa Gerard, you know, presence. I wish her presence was a little more open. Or, you know, I, I, I wish she did a little more vocals, you know, on on the album but um still i i enjoyed it i thought it was you know really great i i thought that you know for what it was you know being like this concept album about dionysus that i think they captured that sound perfectly yeah and just like i and i i find that stuff to be really like i find that like you know i don't know yeah the dionysian sort of bacchanal bacchanalia type of mindset to be really interesting so yeah that was really cool florence and the machine highest hope i was i, I was surprised that it wasn't on your list at all uh, but <laughs> there was a lot of tough decisions yeah that had to be made unfortunately so i i wasn't even sure whether i was going to put this on honorable mentions even yeah and uh and then i listened to it again and i'm like this thing is so fucking beautiful it is very like, it's yeah. just like it's just a gorgeous album and i 
you know, this isn't my favorite Florence album, but I think, you know, as I said in our review, uh, that I think this is her best album, mm-hmm. even though it's not my favorite. Yeah. Uh, there's just a lot of subtlety here, and, you know, it, it really goes a long way. So, uh, you know, she, she's really sharpening her songwriting skills here. Mm-hmm. Uh, horrendous, Idle, uh, death metal album of the year for me. Like, I fucking love this thing, uh, especially just the production in this thing is just like perfect like you can you can actually hear the bass on a death metal album yeah like how often do you do you hear that yeah like it's so weird and i the bass and every instrument is just done like just performed very very well you know um and just i i liked being able to hear everything that was going on and i liked how they sort of went into these little jazz grooves but it all felt like a natural progression Mm -hmm. uh and i loved horrendous's last album as well so you know this was i was pretty psyched for this um hot snakes jericho sirens i this this is another album like i I did not expect this to be on this list but listening to again i'm like this album's so good even though it's like i guess it's not like the best hot snakes album out there a lot of people are like oh just listen to like the first two which for those who don't know this is um sort of like drive like yahoo's like side project i guess Mm -hmm. after the band broke up yeah um rick froberg is on this so um it's really cool it's sort of like it's like garage rock and post hardcore put together with like a touch of like surf rock almost nice um you know it's just it's a fun listen yeah uh how to dress well the ante room this is so good too another one that kind of just fell outside yeah i was yeah i i just noticed that um you know i I think this is you know tom Krell's most realized album so far i agree um you know, the production in here is just, like, it's so wacky, but it works so well with what he's trying to do. And I think, you know, I, I, I like seeing Tom Carell not try to sort of disguise sort of the broken parts of his voice. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Like, like sort of like yeah. how, like, Bowie, like, you know, Bowie, you know, isn't, like, you know, a good singer, at least, you know, not on, like, um, a technical level. But he has a lot of personality in his yeah. voice, and, yep. it's, and it's through the flaws that a lot of that personality comes out. Same thing with Jamie Stewart, thing with Eden Curtis. I think the same thing with how, with with Tom Carell. But I think, you know, Tom Carell at the same time he really knows how to sing. He has he has a really beautiful voice on top of it. But he's able to go into sort of these dark little caverns with his vocals that, you know, I think it it sounds bad on like one level, but it works so well with the music that like you just can't help but like really just be like whoa like you just sort of have to sit down for it um nine inch nails bad witch again didn't expect this thing to show up but listening to it again i'm like this is so fucking good uh, you know this is trent reznor and you know atticus ross now really doing something new with their sound mm-hmm. you know I, and it's not like super it's, it's not like wait this is nine inch nails like it's yeah y- you can still tell us them but there are some, you know, really nice additions. You know, it's, people are talking a lot about the saxophone here, uh, which it is a really cool addition. But I was thinking just more like song structure. You know, it it, it just, you know, it, it's a it's a breath of fresh air, yeah. really, for, for Nine Inch not, not to say that their previous work has been bad, because I, I've enjoyed every one of their albums. But um, I think but my only comment, like, negatively is that I, this thing really should have just been an EP. But, um, you know... Trent Reznor decided to release it as like a full length because I think just because of the state of the music industry right now. Yeah. Um, noise trail immersion symbology is shelter. Uh, I don't even know what to call this. I guess like, I guess this is sort of math core, but it's, it's more like, it's sort of like in like that math metal range, sort of like, um, frontier that like, it has like, it's really, really pounding type of production to it. Like yeah. everything's like really, really heavy Yeah. on top of it being just, chaotic as hell and uh i i only listened to this like twice this year but i really felt like there's a lot of room for growth for me and like i really enjoyed every single time i listened to it and i can't say that a lot for like a lot of metal albums not because i don't like metal but it just it's not it's not every day that a metal album you know sort of grabs me by the throat yeah so yeah. um old time religion see now and no i fucking love this thing it was so much fun to listen to just enjoyable all around i was actually thinking about it uh when i was flying home the other day 
because uh, we I don't know I saw some sign. I was just thinking like, you know, uh, Nintendo, you know, uh, Naranja Gritando. Yeah, you know, just the screaming. Oh, Nintendo! <laughs> just like, oh, uh, like I fucking love that. It's such a great little album. I, I really wish it would they would release it on uh, CD, but they only have vinyl for now. Uh, Prodigy, No Taurus, again a very big surprise. When we were talking about this in earlier Torture Garden episode, uh, that you know I was expecting this album, but I was not expecting this to be good. Yeah, like because I, not to say because I think Prodigy has been pretty, um, you know, even as far as you know quality goes. Like they, they really haven't made anything that's like you know poo poo. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know this blew me out of the water. You know it, it was just like so fucking in your face like it was it was really like um oh god i can't even remember the name of the album now that the the big one uh fat of the land um it's sort of like fat of the land for like this century mm-hmm. almost for for like this decade mm-hmm. and uh i i really like that it was just like bombastic in all the right ways they, there's this really annoying track called um uh boom tap boom boom tap i think or something like that and it has this really annoying vocal sample and you would think be like fuck this song fuck this album yeah. but it's like it's it's just like you know that they're not taking themselves seriously yeah. and it just makes it it's just fun it's just fun um this is a collaborate so elliot sharp i think is the main artist here but it's collaboration with mary halverson and mark rebo or mark Ribot. i don't really know how to say his last name Ribwa. Ribois. Well, there's no I. I. Yeah. So, <laughs> Ribo, I think. Uh, but it's called ERR Guitar. It's just exactly what you think it is. It's just improvised guitar music. But all three of them are on every track. Mm-hmm. And it's really chaotic at times. But it is a really, really cool album. Like, they... It sort of reminds me of um, Fred Frith's uh, guitar improvisations. Because, like, he has this way of sort of knowing when to use effects and distortion yeah and this is the same thing here like everything here is just like it's very meticulous despite the fact that i'm i'm almost certain that it's improvised yeah um and just like you know i all three of these people are just some of the best guitarists in their scene right now mary halvers in particular is really really coming up into her own right now so i'm, I'm really psyched to see you know her on this album because yeah. I, I think she's really great at what she does yeah um sophie oil of every pearls on insides yeah. yeah i again with scott i i, I loved this I, this was so much like just you know e- even though i so i i talked about in our review of it so how i found sort of you know it's okay to cry the opening track to be sort of sort of jarring in a way uh when it comes to the rest of the track list but I really grew past that in my listening to it. And, like, I, I just really... I, I found the sound to be just not only well-made, but just, like, it, it has heart in it. Like, you know, she really cares about what she's doing. You know, this isn't just some throwaway pop album. You know, and I, I you know, I really respect that. And I think just personally, you know, uh, just from my own personal life, I, I just found sort of a kinship with this album. And with Sophie, to, to a lesser extent, mm. um, the the name is a little weird, but I mean Sophie's kind of weird, and I mean I don't want her any other way. So yeah, um, Jamie Stewart, an aggressive chain smoking alcoholic. <laughs> I, I I'm so for anybody who's been listening to this long enough, we we had a whole rant about this album way earlier in the year because he decided not to release it on um, CD yeah. or like or even anywhere. Um, Except for like you know, vi- it, was, it was a vinyl record. It, it, yeah, it was, it was a vinyl only for a very long time, and then it just showed up on Spotify one day. Yeah, and um, I as as frustrated as I am with people who do that type of thing, I, I cannot like I cannot deny how great of an album this is. Yeah, because this is just like this is like Shushu like at its most disturbing, but without any vocals in it. And, uh, you know, I think I, I've heard that a majority of this was made uh, using modular synthesis, which I think is really cool. And that uh, Jamie Stewart had a lot of help from Lawrence English during this. Um, you know, but there's a lot more to it than just synthesizer. There's just 
there's like this just this dread throughout this entire album, which is I mean, what do you expect from a shushu like from from James Stewart, you know? Yeah. Um still I really good I'm really hoping that this will get a CD release, sort of like um Shushu plays Twin Peaks. Yeah. Um it'd be nice. But you know, we'll see worst case I'll just end up buying it on like Bandcamp and just like burning it to a CD or something. Yeah. <clears throat> Thought Gang, the self-titled Thought Gang. This is um, Angelo Battlemeni, who wrote the Twin Peaks soundtrack, actually. And um, uh, David Lynch, the director. And uh, I've never been a big fan of David Lynch's music. I found his voice to be very grating when it comes to music. But it was like... It, whatever happened in this album, and I think this is this is a recording from a long time ago, like from like the '90s. Um, this was such a cool album, though. Like, and I've mentioned to you that this is like this is like Naked Lunch. Like, the, 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 this is like it, they did a soundtrack to Naked Lunch, and this is weird because like I'm pretty sure that John Zorn has pretty much done the same thing, and Howard Shore and Ornette Coleman did the same thing for the movie Naked Lunch. Yeah, and yet I think this is the better version of. All of those. Huh. Like, it's just so bizarre. Like, it has all these weird jazz leanings to it. And then just, like, these lyrics that are just, like, it's it's just spoken word lyrics. And they just get so weird sometimes. And it just, like, it totally puts you out of place. But it just, like, if you're reading a Burroughs novel, like, it, it fits so well with it. Like, it is just so cool. And the last two tracks are sort of, like, dark ambient sort of it feels almost like a throwback to um uh like a racerhead soundtrack um you know so really really cool i i thought it was you know i again i I didn't expect this to even be good like this sort of reminded me of um of jeff goldblum's album in a way (laughs) like like, you you were talking about like yeah just just listening to it for the memes almost yeah um and i was just so thoroughly impressed by this thing so um, and finally, John Zorn, the book Bariah. I this one was sort of tenuous. I actually wasn't even going to put any Zorn in the actual list itself hmm. because I felt there were a lot of really other great albums that came out this year. Um, but the more I thought about, it, the more I listened to the book Bariah. You know, and this is the last Masada book, apparently or supposedly. Yeah. Um, you know, in the sheer variety here. You know, it, when it comes to instrumentation, when it comes to arrangement, I, I loved how Zorn sort of let every group who did an album in this giant collection just sort of, he just let them do what they wanted. Yeah. And I think that that ended up, you, you ended up making, uh, what was it? I think it was 11 or 12 um, distinct albums, you know, that range in instrumentation from like big band sounds to you know flamenco almost with like vocals to solo piano to uh you know like it just keeps going and going and it was just so so well done i actually just opened the box set for the first time uh the other day and it's it's fucking beautiful it's a beautiful box set which i it really doesn't that part doesn't come to play with my ranking it here but you know I think this is just like easily one of the most ambitious things John Zorn has done, uh, you know, in a few years now. And it was just like, you know, th- there was just thought put into this and really like a lot of hard work. And, you know, I, I don't know if you, you remember this, but there was a lot of problems with the production of this album or at least um, like actually the, the, the press yeah they yeah. Like, like like the packaging i mean yeah yeah and so they ended up pushing it back like it was supposed to come out in june and no it was supposed to come out in may even i think and it finally got pushed back till august wow yeah and so it happened that the very day it came out was the day i was moving out of my house <laughs> so i didn't get to you know really see it or listen to it yeah um but you know Listen to it throughout the semester, uh, you know, has just been really, really cool. And, um, yeah, you know, as I, 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 I don't like to, you know, I, I think that I have a bias towards Zorn. Um, so I sort of wanted to try to make this as Zorn free as possible in a way, just because I, I, you know, I do credit him with, you know, being a big part of my, you know, enjoyment of music, but, 
you know, I I thought there's other stuff as well, but I I I think I chose right. I think this this you know album really deserved it. It really is just a, a huge set of albums. But yeah, yeah, fucking great. So that's that's our list, man. Here we go. So what were you gonna say about um the end of the year anyway? Uh, something I noticed as I was making my list, and it was something I I think. It was not a fact that is was a total surprise. By the time I sat down to make my list, is I really did not follow hip hop like at all this yeah. year, and I think there are a few reasons. Well, there, for that. there weren't a whole lot of great hip hop albums. There were some there. good ones that um, I, I ended up listening to late later. There, you know, that I, I enjoyed. Uh, I, I I liked the No Name album. I didn't uh, didn't love it, but I didn't enjoy it. Um, but just in general, for me, a lot of my new music listening is done at work or while I'm, I'm working on something. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of difficult, especially with what I do working for a newspaper writing. It's hard to have someone reciting it's poetry. Yeah. Your, so I think that's something I'd like because I do really like hip hop um, and I really want to get that's another focus for next year is I want to try to listen to more. Because I do have time to listen, I just have to make time. Yeah, it, it's. Um, I, I totally get you. Like, like the, t- the most of the time that I was listening to music to this year, I was reading, which and is also, I assume, difficult to listen. It's to. very yeah. difficult to listen to hip hop while reading. Yeah. But there, there was a really, really good like instrumental hip hop album this year that I, I can't remember the exact name of, but it was, it was really long. It was like well over an hour, but it was really, really well made. Yeah, um, I have to remember that. But yeah, I, I, I totally get what you mean. And I guess the other point is that I really want to next year. Uh, I used to just try to ignore any of the the popular critically acclaimed albums because mm. I was like, oh, you know, they're probably overrated. Whatever. I started to more and more like Daughters is a great example because so many people talked. I was like, you know what? Maybe I should check it. And ended up loving it. Yeah. Same thing with Sophie because so many people were talking about it. And I still there are a number of albums here that either I listened to on my own that got kind of modest coverage or whatever but I think more and more if there are some albums I listen to at the end of the year uh, like uh, that uh, low double negative yeah I finally listened to it after I kind of had my list sorted out and I actually really really loved it a lot I, so what genre is that supposed to be because, I don't know like, because yeah. I thought it was a, like a rock album and it's really it's kind of almost like noise pop I don't even it's, yeah because because I've heard people say it's like indie and I'm like no keep me away from that it's, <laughs> like it's, it's not I, I don't I don't know it's one of those not for not to make it seem like it's this weird you know like really out there album but I'm not really sure how to what's the best tag for it to kind of yeah up. but like I really enjoyed it and I wish I'd listened to it earlier because it probably would have made my list but mm-hmm. I just didn't spend enough time with it um, yeah. so as much as like an issue I do have with um the industry and with how they you know choose music and how you know some of the things they pick they they do do this for a living and they do you know they're always they're they're gonna pick some some good things in the rough just it's it's a matter of me not being so cynical so as to miss out on music i'd like you know because all Mm. it is is just pop it on you know spotify or or whatever they're streaming it on check it out real quick um yeah just because, and it's not that I think that's inherently like an important thing to do if you follow music. Just in my experience, when I have actually given a try to like commercially, you know, or like or you know, critically acclaimed albums or albums that other people have talked about, a lot of times it has ended up being something I'd enjoyed. So mm-hmm. I think maybe trying to be less of a free spirit, is kind <laughs> of trying to be less of a like, oh, I have albums that nobody else has, which is you know, not that I do that on purpose, but I think p- part of me. Just that's inherently i kind of want to i i totally understand like you, you yeah. sort of that that sort of that innate need to be a contrarian yeah because you know, the, the only, yeah. it doesn't bend like you know it doesn't uh, like affect anyone but yourself into, or, or you know my in this case myself about listening to um and also just being okay it's kind of crazy that over the last few years there was a point in time where like i didn't know if i was qualified to even put anything except metal on my list this is back when i still wrote for the new review Mm. like i wanted that year i wanted to put good kid mad city i want to put some other stuff on there i was like oh but like that's not metal and it's amazing that now it's gotten to the point where um i only have like two metal albums or three metal albums on my top 15 and you know it's kind of nice that to see how much i've grown um every year i feel like my list gets more diverse and more yeah um you know more eclectic and i i don't know I, I this is one of my favorite things to do every year is to look back and see 
how my tastes have changed and every time I look back and see what I ranked over the years it's always funny to, to kind of look back at albums that yeah. did, did age well and some that did it, not, it is, did it not is age funny very well because yeah. I was um I was talking to some roommates some of my roommates the other day about um about the weekend and they were like oh yeah well like you know you know old weekend was great but new weekend sucks and like they're talking about how much they can't stand like uh, I can't feel my face and uh I'm like Dude, like that whole album, Beauty Behind the Mask, that was my favorite album of yeah. 2015. And it's funny just to look back and be like, that was my favorite album of 2015, huh? <laughs> like, yeah. and I, I still stand by it. I, I actually really like it. Yeah. But um, it is weird to think about it yeah. like that. But, uh, you know, when it comes to stuff next year, like every year it feels like I try to tell myself, like, hey, you're going to do, like, you know, you're, you're going to take a break this year and sort of do less when it comes to searching for new music yeah and i feel like i always fail at that Mm -hmm. because i'm always like like i I, like you do a new release roundup on friday for uh for heavy blog is heavy so i always catch that and i always see if there's anything cool in that like i feel like half of these albums were found through either that list or like you know looking on like rate your music or something like that yeah but at the same time like it's just a lot of new music to go through it is a lot um and um i just don't know how much you know heart i have for it anymore in a way like i i'm not to say that i wouldn't listen to new music because like i'm always looking for new stuff to listen to but i sort of want to sort of not put as much emphasis well i i want to turn more to the past and see what has already come out that i don't know about because like for example like like we were talking about like this heat you know, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I it, that was an album, like, I was vaguely aware of. But I had no idea it was, like, that great. Yeah. You know, or, absolutely. like, or something like Teenage Uses of the Jerks. Or, like, you know, it, it, there's so much great music that's already out there. Yeah. That I would really like to explore and sort of find my own way through. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I'm really hoping that this year, I'm, I'm going to try to keep it really simple. That, like, you know, I'll keep a lookout for everything that's coming out. You know, and if I think it's interesting, I'll put it on my listen list, you know, but I'm not going to go out searching for everything. I, I'm, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to pay attention to music news and just see what shows up there yeah. or sort of what would you bring up and what you talk about, too, or what we review, you know, yeah. uh, but just not I, I don't really want to go nuts about it because, I mean, there were times this year I had like. It felt like 80 hours worth of new music to listen to. Yeah. And, like, I, I just don't have the patience for that. Yeah. Um, and, like, you know, part of it is because, like, music for me is suppo- is fun. You know, it's, it's an enjoyment. It's something yeah. that makes my life brighter. And so, you know, it feels like being forced to listen to 80 hours of music just sort of takes yeah. all the fun away from it. You know, uh, like, I, I need to get back to that. So I, yeah. I need to get back to fun. So I feel you absolutely. Yeah. Uh, for, for me, I, I like the the conquest only because you know I found some of my favorite artists. Yeah, you know ever from you know just people you know for example you know Leon Vinahall. I didn't even know he existed, and then Pitchfork posted about his his latest single. This was back in. In 2015, 2016. Mm. And I was like, like, this is incredible. Now I know about him. Yeah, I, I mean, but, it, it isn't to say that the Conquest doesn't have its merits. Yeah. So, But, you, you know, it's 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 finding a balance. You know, like, what yeah. my goals of exploring new, new genres. I, I mean, I take a break from I mean, there are weeks where, you know, where I don't listen to any new music just because I'm, I'm too busy or I don't mm. have time and I just want to listen to stuff I already enjoy. Um, and I feel like... Because I want to listen to more music, there are one of the one of the reasons that these albums are here is because I listen to all of them, you know, multiple multiple times. Whereas when I looked at my top two hundred, it was cool that I got to listen to more and more music mm. um, than I had. You know, I think that's probably the most new albums I've listened to in a year ever. But a lot of them were initial listens. Some of them weren't even complete listens. And I think I would be happier with maybe a hundred, like you know, hundred or even fewer. But all those albums, I really listen to a lot. I think that's kind of next year. I'd like to focus on finding a balance of listening to a lot of new albums, but also actually giving them at least two listens or you yeah. know, at least, you know, enjoying because I mean, great example of daughters. Like I mentioned earlier, if I just gave it that one listen and didn't return to it, I would miss out on something that I really end up. It's one of my favorite albums of the year. So I tend to think that, you know, like, this is going to sound sort of like new agey and weird, but like, 
you'll end up finding that music somehow. That's sort of my thought about it, that it's like, you know, like, there's probably an album that came out this year. I mean, probably 100% chance that there's an album that came out this year that would probably be my favorite album of all time yeah. if I could only find it. But the thing is, it's like, you're probably not going to find it. Yeah. Like, and, but that's okay because you have all this other stuff that, that's really great too. Yeah. You know, so it's, you know, I, I think there's sort of a detachment that I, I know for me needs to take place, you know, that of just like not worrying about these type of lists as much because like this is the type of stuff that like, you know, as fun as it is on some, in some sense to be like, oh, these are my favorite albums of the year, blah, 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 you know. It still has like this stress-inducing factor to it for me, yeah. because it's just like like it just makes music a contest, and it makes it sort of like you know just it makes it like this dick measuring contest, and like yeah, I don't want to measure dicks, man. Like I I just <laughs> you know like I, I want to do other things with dicks, not not not, not measure not measure not measure them. Yeah. What a great way yeah. to cap this up. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's just for fun, but um. Okay. Well, I think that's it. I think that's it. All right. Well, talk to you guys next week. All right. Thanks a lot for listening, and hopefully you found some cool new music. Yeah. Bye.